Today we are in a series called Back to Basics. Can you say that with me in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car? And for everyone that's here today, can you say that with me? Back to Basics. That's right. So what you're going to get today is a basic message. Today we're going back to basics because a lot of times we forget and we need to rediscover and re-go over things that we ought to know. So today we're in a message series called Back to Basics. And what I want to be, the topic that I want to be on today is relationship. Relationship. And if I had a message title today, it would be Change the Dynamic. Can you say that with me? Change the Dynamic. A little bit louder, Kenny. Change, Change. the dynamics. That's it. We all know that God is love. He doesn't just love us. He is love. It's who he is. And God, through his son, has pursued us continually. He pursued us on the cross. He gave his life for us. There on a tree, he laid down his life and he took upon himself the contract of sin and death. And with every stripe, they ripped it up. In his body, they tore the contract. He did that for you because he loves you. Can you say he loves me? He loves you. He loves you. He pursues you. He's continually pursuing you because he loves you. You are his child, and he has designed and purposed you to live in his presence, to be connected with him, to be one. I had a ministry, and it's still alive in my heart. He's designed you to be one with him. That was the original design. So you have to understand, he is love, and he is pursuing you, and we must have a relationship with him. He is love, and he's pursuing us. But there's something about a relationship that we have to understand. Many of us don't move beyond God pursuing us into us pursuing God. See, a relationship has to be double-sided. can't just be one-sided. It's true, God is love. He's pursuing us. But we must move beyond God pursuing us and begin to pursue him. Can you say this with me? I must change the dynamic of the relationship. I must change the dynamic of the relationship. We see this in John chapter 4, verse 4 through 10. Many of you have heard this before, but maybe we can do something a little different with it. Jesus had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sinkar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and here we go. Jesus said to her. Jesus sees the woman and begins to pursue her. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He begins to reach out to her. He begins to engage her in relationship. Please give me a drink. Now watch, he engaged her. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So now she says to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Now watch what Jesus said. Don't get confused, because this is a quick flip he does with her. So Jesus says, Give me a drink. She says, Why are you talking to me? Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift of God 
the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. See how the relationship dynamic changed. He initiates an engagement with her. He initiates the conversation with her. He reaches out to her and says, give me a drink. He engages her, but immediately flips it on her and says, if you knew who I was now, you would engage me for a drink. So he pursues her, but immediately says, Hey, I pursue you, but hey, if you knew who I was, you would pursue me. Do you see this, church? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you a drink. See, he first pursues her. He said, when you know who I am, you will pursue me. Our growth, church, comes when we begin to recognize who he is and begin to seek him. Yes, he is. Love. Yes, the Bible says he first loved us, but because he first loved us, now gives us an opportunity to know him and to love him. He pursues, but now the relationship dynamic church has to change to us pursuing him. Many of us don't move beyond coming to church and wanting to be engaged and engaged and engaged and pursued and pursued and pursued by the Holy Spirit. But God's saying, hey, I've pursued you. I came down on a cross for you. I engaged you in love. I am love. But hey, if you're going to be a part of this family, I've extended my hand, but you got to reach out and grab mine. For if you knew who I truly was, see, I'm here. I engaged you. But once you recognize who I am, now you need to engage me. It's a union. See, we're the bride of Christ. And in a relationship, I just got married a couple of weeks ago. In a relationship, it's not one-sided. You have to engage and engage and engage. It's a union. I do. I do. He pursues us. And our growth church comes because we recognize who he is and we begin to pursue him. He is love. He first loved us. But through that comes an opportunity for relationship. So what I want to say to you again, church, and this is the message title today, it's time to change the dynamic of our relationship. Yes, we know he loves us, but we need to love him back in return. You say, I love Jesus. Well, love isn't just sitting there. I've been in relationships where I said, I love you, but there was no, there was no action in return. And I don't know about you, but that's sad. That's no good. That's no good. I want you to know that Jesus is not far off. Today I'm talking about how we need to engage Jesus and how he has reached his hands out to him, but he's not hard to find. Jesus is here with you now. And the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you. I love this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse eight. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will make a way for you. He will be with you and he will neither neither fail you nor abandon you. So right where you're sitting there, I want you to take a moment, take a breath. I want you to receive that. God is with me now. I'm going to give you a moment. God is with me now. See, we're talking about changing the dynamic. But what I'm saying is not trying to find someone that can't be found. I'm saying he is here with you now waiting to be engaged, saying, I love you. I love you, child. I love you. I will never leave you. I'll never abandon you. We have to understand this. All scripture is breathed out by, the, by God and is with you now. With you now. I will never leave you. My favorite verse in the Bible is John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. 
The Word was with God, and the Word was God. I come back to this every time I preach because without this understanding that Jesus is the Word, we can't unlock many mysteries of the Word of God, the Scripture, without an understanding of who He is. He said, if you knew who I was. So remember John 1, He is the Word of God. And he said in Deuteronomy, I'll never leave you nor abandon you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says this, all scripture is breathed. Can you say breathed? Breathed. All scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That's a relationship. But watch this. The word of God is with you, right? Because Jesus is the word. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And in 2 Timothy, it says all scripture is breathed out. Well, what is breath, Kathy? Breath is air. So when he says all scripture, all word of God is now breathed out into the atmosphere, I will never leave you nor abandon you. He's saying my word is with you now and it's always available to you. All scripture is breathed out into the atmosphere. So church, when I say change the dynamic, what I'm trying to get you to capture today is that the word of God is here with you, among you, and ready to be received. If God said it, I can have it and I can walk in it and it is here now. Can you get that? Everything you need is here now because the word of God has been breathed out by God and in the atmosphere. The word of God does not fall to the ground. It's living and active, living and active. Watch this. This is so exciting because this is what God really wanted me to dive in is how to have a relationship with him. See, before, even before the world was made, there was a solution. The word was given. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, it says, it says this. I'm going to skip through. It says, the book of life that belongs to the Lamb of God who was slaughtered before the world was made. Who's the Lamb of God? Jesus. Who is Jesus? The word of God. So every word was breathed out before the foundation of the world. It was prepared for you before anything was given. Before anything was made, a solution was offered. My son was given. The lamb was slain. The word was sown. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. In the beginning, God breathed it out and it is available. Before the foundation of the world, God decided to save us through his son. The son was slain before the foundation of the world. The word was given before the world was made. But listen, the physical manifestation of Jesus coming happened when the ground was ready to receive it. See, many things were prophesied. Many things were spoken by God, but it wasn't until the ground was ready to receive it exactly in the way that it was spoken. The ground had to be ready. What do I mean? I don't have time to, to dive into this, but the Bible said that he would be born of a virgin, that he would come from the lineage of David. There's, there's 10 other prophe prophecies talking about just the birth of Christ and probably more. But the moment that the ground was ready to receive what was said, the seed was sown and it produced a harvest. What God has said is all around you right now. Today we're talking about changing the dynamic, not just being pursued, but pursuing and engaging and receiving what God has for you. And church, what I'm getting at, and it's a simple, basic message, it's here available for you now. We sing songs with just one word will do. Well, church, I'm telling you, the word is here, available, and he's given it. You're not waiting for an answer. The solution is here. The solution is here. What God has said is all around you now, so take comfort in it. 
Don't panic. Jesus said this, take heart for I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Relationship with Jesus Christ is available to you now and the solution is here. We get so frantic and so fearful thinking that God is not listening when God has already spoken. We're thinking God's not giving us an answer, but he has already given the answer. We keep waiting for God to engage, but he's engaged. In 2 Corinthians, for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why through Jesus, we utter amen to God for his glory. Your answer is here now. Can you say that? My answer is here. Your atmosphere is active and alive with the word of God now. Active and alive with the word of God now. Your answer is waiting for your response. The answer you're waiting for is waiting for you to receive it. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, so come to me with your ears wide open. What do your ears do? They hear word. They hear sound. They receive. So he says, come to me, Isaiah 55, verse 3, verse 3 through 4. Come to me with your ears wide open, period. Listen, comma, and you will find life. Come to me with your ears ready. Engage me. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. He did that through his son. I will give you an all, I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. That's Jesus. See how I've used David to display my power among the peoples. I've made him a leader among the nations. He says, continuing on, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. That's another message. But what he says this is important. In the same way, my word, I send it out and it always produces fruit. The word of God, it will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it, says God. Amen. You will live in joy and peace. Church, are you living in joy and peace? That's something each and every person can answer for themselves. Am I living in joy and peace? If I'm not living in joy and peace, it's not because joy and peace is not around you. Perfect peace is here and available to you now. And he said, my word will produce, but it has to be received. You got to change the dynamic of this relationship. I've pursued, I've spoken. For every scripture has been breathed out by God. He's not continuing to breathe, he breathed. The way I read that, he's breathed it out. Now it's us to receive it. And he says, when you receive it, I've sent it out. It will always produce. What is it that you want the word of God to produce in your life? We have to receive it. We have to know what the will of God is, and we have to know what he has said to receive. The Bible says we don't have because we ask amiss. That means we're asking contrary to what God has said. But the word is available to you. So what do we have to do? We have to engage God. But once we receive the word of God, we need to change our dialogue. If God is the word, if Jesus is the word of God, then we need to begin to change our dialogue with one another. Come on, we're talking about basic relationship. 
We're talking about having a relationship with God, knowing that he is available to you. And beyond just knowing he's available to you, knowing that he's given himself as word, and we can receive that word and activate faith, for faith comes by hearing the word of God. And by faith, we please God. But we need to begin to change our dialogue with each other and invite God into our relationship. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey my word that my servant Moses has given you. Do not turn from it to the left or right. There we go. Don't bend it to make it say what it's not saying. Don't bend my word. Do not turn from it right or left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book or word always on your lips. There it is, conversation. Keep it always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And then he gets right on top of it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Courageous, the definition of that is not deterred by fear or pain. Life gets hard. Life is full of fearful moments. Life is full of painful moments. But he's saying, don't get your eyes on that. No, I'm here. I'm available. Get your eyes on me and know that I've already given. I've already sown. I've laid upon the cross. I said it is finished. Receive the finished work of the cross today. Church, when you're at when you're here together or when you're in your home, stop feeling like God is separate from you. Stop feeling like he's far from you and stop feeling like you have to conjure him up. He's here and he's available to you. I'm telling you this because this is something I captured a long time ago and I really feel like this is something that he wants for us is that we keep waiting on the solution. God, I have a, I have a problem, so I need a solution. God, I have an issue, so give me a solution. And he's saying, I've given it, receive it. I'm not waiting for it. It's here now, Kathy. It's around me. It's around me now. I'm not waiting. I have to step into it. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Keep the word on your lips, church. Invite the word into your interaction with others. Keep the word always on your lips. We have time to talk about everything else, and we make no time for our Father Listen to this. We make no time for our father in our family time. The children are coming together, but we make no time for the father around the table. He is here, yet, Kenny, he's here, yet we find it odd to speak the good news around our tables. He's sitting around the table with us, yet we, have, we find it odd as Christians often to talk about him. I've had People even get awkward when Jesus comes up, and these are Christians. And they've said things to me like this. Hey, that's for Sunday. And they quickly change the subject. Have you ever experienced that? It get awkward when you bring up the name of Jesus, even with your fellow believers. they rather talk about something else. I've even been with people who say, hey, I'm on vacation. I have no time for this. Hey, what I'm doing here is a time of relaxation. I don't have time for Jesus. I don't have time to talk about Scripture. I don't have time for that. But church, this is the only thing that brings life. The Word of God is the only thing that brings joy and peace, salvation and freedom, everything that we have, but we have to engage it. But think about it, church. How often are we engaging God? 
Because I'm not talking about just coming on Sunday morning and engaging God. I'm talking about every moment the answer and relationship is available to us. Yet we feel dead inside, but we have to be honest with ourselves. Have I even reached out to him? He's here, he's available, and your answer is all around you. It's not far off. You don't have to conjure it up. It's here, but we don't even take time to talk about it. Listen, I'm not making things up, church. I I sit around my friends sometimes, and I I get shocked, and I try to engage them back into it. They much rather talk about sports or politics. Facebook's full of Christians talking about politics. They rather talk about silly jokes. Matter of fact, they may rather twist what's going on into the church into a silly opportunity or a silly joke rather than talk about the good things that God is doing around us. We rather be negative and have relationship with fear, right? He said, be strong and courageous, courageous, not deterred by fear, but we rather have relationship with fear, relationship with my pain instead of relationship with my peace, relationship with my promise. We'd rather talk about silly jokes than talk about the name of Jesus. But I'm telling you, church, that it's time to change the dynamic because the word is with you now. Now the word of God is with you. And Jesus is that word. So ask, seek, and knock, and change your dialogue with your friends. Invite him into your relationship. Invite him into your family experience, for he is your father. Many of us, I can't say that on the line, but there's a B word. (laughs) can't say it. Many of us are are children without a father. And it's sad because your father's right outside the door. Change the relationship dynamic. Can you say that with me? I got to change the relationship dynamic. Change the dynamic. Stop being continually pursued by a father who loves you and pursue back the father who loves you. He said, hey, give me a drink. But he said, listen, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. You would ask me for the water of life. You would ask me for bread. For Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You would ask me for something to eat. You would invite me around your table. Isn't it something, church, This I'm going off for a second, but isn't it something that he said, every time you come together and you eat, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you break the bread, see, we've made it just a communion act with the wine and the bread, but I'm saying, I think it goes beyond that. He's saying, every time you gather together, like we did tonight. And every time you cut into that thing or break that piece of bread or drink that drink, I want you to remember that I poured out my blood and that my body was broken for you. Don't make it just a religious, religious act that engages me. Only when the pastor says, hey, I'm ready to engage you, uh, Pastor Allen. I'm ready to engage you, Bishop. But no, engage God and say, I break the bread. I remember you. I'm inviting you into this moment, God. I remember, I remember, I remember It's time to ask, seek, and knock. I'm closing with this, Luke 11. Jesus speaking, then teaching them more about prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is connecting with God and communication, right? It's a dialogue between you and God. So while Jesus was teaching them about dialogue between God and them, he used a story. He says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You said to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for for a friend's sake, 
If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. Back to basics. We have a father who is love and that pursues us. You can't earn that love. This message is not about earning that love. Get that out of the comment section because that's not what I'm talking about. You can't earn the love, but that doesn't mean you sit, lay there like a dead fish. You can't earn the love, but you do engage in love. You can't earn the love, but you engage in love. Shameless persistence. And so Jesus continues. So I tell you, Jesus speaking, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to you. He will open the door, but we have to change the dynamic. I have to seek. I have to ask. I have to knock. I have to shamelessly pursue God. Has he pursued me? Absolutely. Does he love me? Absolutely. But he said, ask me for a drink. Ask me for a drink. Church, this is so simple. And many of you are probably sitting there going, so simple. (laughs) But the truth is, I lead worship. And I've done that for a long time. I've ministered for a long time now. And often you see church members and you see people, let's forget just outside the church. They come, the countdown hits zero. They can't even turn their back to look at you. The word of God is coming forth and they can't even sit in their chair to engage with their ears open. Worship begins, they can't clap their hands. And we're talking about religious act and an outward expression of just going through the motions? Absolutely not. But it's sad to me that a father who has engaged you, who didn't just die for you, but is living for you right now, and he has given you every answer in your atmosphere. It's all available to you. And we sit there with a frown face. We sit there without clapping hands. Many of us have been healed from great diseases. But beyond physical things, he saved you from eternity of damnation. He brought you into life and life abundantly. And I find it interesting that even though he engaged us in such a dynamic way, he gave his life for us that we still have the audacity to sit. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about the church. Many of us still sit and say, sock it to me, God. What else do you have for me today, God? Reach out to me again today, God. Reach out to me again today, Bishop. Engage me. But church, what would happen if the church began to engage as the bride with her husband? What would happen if we began to kiss before we were kissed? What What would happen if I said I love you before he said I love you? What would happen if I reached out to embrace my father before he reached down and embraced me. He first loved us. But it's time to change the dynamic of our relationship and love him in return. Amen. Amen. Church, I want to pray for you. And I want to give you an opportunity right after this prayer. We may go offline, but I want you to take an opportunity to talk to him. I want you to take an opportunity 
to remind him of what he has said and what is available to you around him and just have a relationship with him. That looks a lot like talking to your, to your friend. Just talk to him. I'm telling you, if we can start to invite him into our conversation, our life will change. Be honest with how much time you actually spend with God. I'm not just talking about studying the word. I'm talking about just talking to him. Father, we thank you and we love you. God, I thank you that you have pursued us. But God, through this, we have an opportunity to be one with you. God, to be united with you. God, and I want to say first, I love you. God, I'm so thankful thankful for you. God, to receive this thought that you've given me. God, that everything that we need has been given. And that through you, Jesus, you have given your yes to the answer. You have said yes to me. All I got to do is be ready to receive and reach out and grab a hold of what the farmer, our father, has sown. Father, we ask right now that we produce this life in us. God, help us to have a relationship with you. God, this is a Bible basic that you loved us. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible has told me so. God, help us to understand and receive that. God, I, I send the word right now. God, for the healing, for those that are listening that are inflicted in their body, God, help them receive the word that is around them right now. God, by your stripe, by the word broken, by the stripes on the word of God being ripped apart, we are healed. So, Father, I thank you for our healing. God, I thank you for our salvation. I thank you for our freedom. God, I thank you that we are, we in this moment, God, are being lifted up and the flame within us is being stirred up that we know that we are being called to a higher place of praise. God, we are being called to a higher place of honoring you, a higher place, God, of loving you. God, not to earn love in return, but God, knowing that your arms are open wide saying, come to me all you who need rest, and I will give it to you. Come to me with your ears open, and I will give you the healing solution, for my word is around you. Father, we thank you that it's done for your glory, and in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.